Putin's invasion has been a test for the ages, a test for America, a test for the world. Would we stand for the most basic of principles? Would we stand for sovereignty? Would we stand for the right of people to live free of tyranny? Would we stand for the defense of democracy? For such defense matters to us because it keeps peace and prevents open season on would-be aggressors and threatens our prosperity. One year later, we know the answer. Yes, we would, and we did. We did. Tonight, we're once again joined by Ukrainian's ambassador to the United States. We're going to stand with you as long as it takes. We are getting ready to hear from Toastmaster Dwight Nakita. Nakita, right, Toastmaster Dwight? I always call you Toastmaster Dwight, but he's just a Toastmaster that has an overly energetic German shepherd pit bull that's one years old, that's ruling his house. And his speech today is, is called on, it is on critical race theory, a need for diversity and awareness. Postmaster Dwight is on critical race theory, a need for diversity and awareness. Postmaster Dwight. Thank you, Elise. Critical race theory, are we being shrewd? What is critical race theory? Why is this a daunting problem today? A definition of critical race theory, it is an academic and legal framework that denotes that systemic racism is a part of American society, from education and housing to employment and healthcare. Critical race theory recognizes that racism is more than the result of individual bias and prejudice. It is embedded in laws, policies, and institutions that uphold and reproduce racial inequalities. A few years ago, many Americans had never heard of the phrase critical race theory or CRT. And today the term is everywhere and has turned into a hot button and a political issue. The United States has evolved since its founding in 1776 and its demographics have changed significantly since the 1980s. In the 1980s, the white population was about 80% of the total US population. And in 2020, the white population declined to 58% in the United States. Critical race theory has evolved since it was developed by legal and academic scholars in the 1970s and now has influenced spinoff movements into LGBTQ, Native Americans, Hispanic, and Asian American communities. This evolution into other minority groups is good as the US is becoming more and more diverse each year. There is legislation in nine states banning critical race theory from US classrooms. 
outline critical race theory and its related topics in the classrooms is a horrible idea and does an injustice to our younger generations. When they are older, they will be upset by how little they have learned about inequality, different cultures, and will be less prepared to make informed decisions as adults. Today, hate crimes have been increasing. This is the result of the lack of knowledge, unknowingness, and a lack of awareness about other cultures. Hate crimes are committed by an ignorance on the part of individuals. A study by the Harvard Business School in 2022 found that a community's largest minority group generally endures the most discrimination from a majority who fears losing status. This is why there are increasing number of hate crimes today against minorities other than African-Americans, such as against the Asian-American and LGBTQ communities in certain parts of the US. As other minority groups are increasing in numbers each year. The legislation banning critical race theory from US classrooms are being led by shrewd elected officials that are using their knowledge of parliamentary procedure to increase their chances of being reelected and to empower their political party. I don't think that shrewd legislators are underhanded or cheating and are not blackmailing the public. They are just artful in promoting their political agenda and legislation to an uh, uninformed public audience. Many Americans have an understanding of critical race theory that is solely based on the shrewd exaggerations from politicians selling their party's agenda. Today, the narratives about critical race theory are gross exaggerations of the theoretical framework that was coined by scholars and academic minds in the past. The general public is not verifying the facts and not doing research on critical race theory and its framework, causing a misunderstanding from what was originally developed by scholars and academic minds. This causes uh, uninformed personal decision on this issue. Critical race theory will help the United States live up to its own ideals and understand its diversity. Overall, the US has a problem in its inability to think objectively with a sense of mutual care for each other. And if the US does not make big changes, we are dooming future gener generations to catastrophe. I challenge each of you to number one, research the facts from unbiased sources. Number two, think critically. And number three, keep an open mind before making a personal judgment about critical race theory and do not solely listen to a shrewd left or right-facing politician before making your own decision. Postmaster Deborah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Elise. Um, I appreciate you giving me direction that way so I can watch the clock. <laughs> Excellent speeches. And CRT is getting a lot of attention from activity on the media. We're seeing it in our military and in our K through 12 schools, even though um, what I understood from Laquisha's speech is that it's not intended to be for the younger students. 
But let me ask this question. Where would you or did you go to find more about CRT before today? And if you haven't done that, where do you anticipate you will go? Carrie. Thank you, Deborah, for that opportunity. You know, I, the first I ever heard of critical race theory was when the former president spoke at the Constitution Day uh, speech at the National Archives. And he characterized the education um, that was taking a critical lens as a radical and ideological poison. Uh, President Trump went on to attack the 1619 Project. And he announced later an executive order establishing a short-lived commission called the 1776 Commission. And, and the idea of that commission was to promote patriotic education. And then later he went as far as issuing a, an executive order banning government contractors from conducting racial sensitivity and racial diversity training in the workplace. And so that's where I first heard about it, the 1619 Project, of course, I'd heard a little bit before the president's speech at the National Archives, but it just seemed to explode into, um, into the states, especially with a number of, of governors uh, using the CRT as a, as a stick for making political points. So that's kind of where I first heard about it, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Toastmaster Carey. That was a great answer. Um, Mr. Presida, we are doing a one to two minute speech opportunity. Are you raising your hand because you're willing to participate? Yes. Okay. Um, let me ask you this question. Have you encountered CRT training or practices in your personal work or in your education or otherwise? If so, in one to two minutes, it's a short time, tell us about it and whether or not you have, what do you think may occur? Mr. Presida. Oh, you're asking, okay. So, and the way I've seen it, also I've gone, I've gone to things like the um, American Academy of Religion (SBL) annual meeting, which is a group of scholars who study things like this. Um, I've also have equated it, and I may be wrong about this, but I've equated it with books like Robin DiAngelo and Abram Kindi, and the anti-racist trainings that have been. Um, given at churches, um, to uh, political groups, to political parties. I bet everyone in this room has been to some form of those trainings. So my interaction with it has been at the political level where there's been sort of a political struggle over what is actually happening in the country. And so that's my exposure to it. I mean, I have some from law school, 
you know, some discussion of it. Um, but um, those are where I've been exposed to it in my um, life. Thank you. Another issue that was raised by LaQuisha's speech is that our children need to be taught about our history and how it um, was not appropriate and how it is now or whatever. Have you, do you recall when you were in school, what you experienced, what were you taught in school about racism? Roman, were you in America? No, uh, let me ask someone else and I'll come back to you with another question. It's actually a perfect question about children. Is and, it though? Okay, yeah. go ahead. Oh, all right. So yeah, obviously I have not been in America when I was in school. I moved to US after getting my master's and applying for a PhD, which I never followed up with. We never had any career, any kind of education on this topic, especially since we're talking about Russia. And it's, it's predominantly white. There is no one else over there. However, once I moved to US, I noticed uh, how divisive the society is, especially in the last years when the CRT came to mainstream as a term. Many people didn't know about it, and many people jumped into that specifically, as Plakusha mentioned, the, the myth that some people think that it's indoctrination of our children. It obviously is not. Here's a nice example. Uh, Germany. We all know the history. However, when you go to German parliament, Bundestag, you can see on the, on the, on the walls uh, tons of inscri inscriptions. In America and Ukraine, Russian, everyone was inscribing that they were there and they won in 1945. What Germany did, they put um, a protective uh, uh, not well, but they protected those inscriptions and they live with it. In Germany, Nazi party is banned completely. In US, we have KKK. Well, we do good at banning and banning some of the like extremist parties, like the Black Panthers. How is Black Panthers extremist? And KKK, the party that literally asks people to asks is is of all about hanging the black people is ridiculous. It's been years. Now, Germany, people are taught in schools about their history. What they taught is it's not to be defensive or that you're a child and you should be blamed for it. No, they teach what was in the past and what you should avoid. So we definitely should uh, uh, teach CRT as well as all the other topics. Thank you. Thank you, Roman. And I need to turn control back to our Toastmaster right away. Thank you for your time. I'll turn control to Elise at this time. Thank you. Thank you. And it is two, three minutes before time or two minutes before time. So fellow Toastmasters, one minute. 
what questions do you have for Toastmaster LaQuisha or Toastmaster Dwight? Feel free to raise your hand and ask any questions at this time. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs> raise your virtual hand. There you are, Toastmaster Deborah. What, go ahead and ask your question, please. So LaQuisha, tell me what did you learn in school about racism or about the changes that occurred in the civil rights era or whatever it is that you thought um, children should learn in school? And what did you learn, I guess, is what I'm really trying to ask. Uh, thank you for that question. Um, I remember growing up in school that um, there were three main points that we learned in history. Um, one was that the Native Americans were the original people of the land. Two, that um, slavery, how slavery came to be. And there was a distorted teaching regarding slavery that slaves were not treated and or tortured as bad as um, we may have been told and that slaves sang on the plantation and they were happy for the work and that when they didn't do the work properly, they were punished. And then I learned about the civil rights movement and that the civil rights movement was all about Dr. King none of the other contributors of the civil rights movement and that the teachings and the speeches of Malcolm X was considered controversial and divisive. That's pretty much what was taught throughout my school in terms of American history. Um, so it was very limited it was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it was very programmed and um, just very limited overall. Thank you. I find that interesting because I learned of the atrocities of the beating of the slaves that were not um warranted in any way and then i learned about the rail underground railroad with harry uh, with a uh, tubman i did a, a my own uh, report on tubman i love her story because she was able to get so many people out of the area and as an adult the information i learned intrigued me to read about douglas Frederick who had a recent biography, I guess, in the last 10 years, um, 25 years of slave. Wow, that was an intense um, enlightenment because he was one of the ones who got out early and was able to go, but his trip was traumatic. So I learned the difficulties that the slaves went through. I understood it to be inappropriate and that our nation changed things in the 60s. I love the story about Rosa Parks, but I've since learned that what we were told about Rosa is not the story. She was really 
ready to take a stand or take a sit, <laughs> as it were. Um, and as an adult, I see that that was a necessity. Um, but I was just blown away by the treatment of people who supported the slaves during the civil rights. And here in Alabama, they a required reading is the letter from um, Michael uh, Martin Luther King in his prison cell. I mean, there is so much more taught in our schools here in Alabama than I ever learned, but it's more specific about um, what the rape slavers went through. Mm -hmm. And um, sadly, I've learned as an adult that there was a KKK lynching as long ago as less than 20 years ago um, over in Mobile. And that's very disturbing to me. But yeah. And, and I would add that um, Jim Crow was also um, taught um, in school, um, Jim Crow. But I grew up in South Carolina. Mm. Um, and again, a lot of what was taught, um, we had the history books, but a lot of it was very glossed over. Um, and a lot of it was not covered. Mm. And, you know, that's a shame. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, things that I was made aware of was again, through my reading, going to the library and reading for myself, things about, like you said, Harriet Tubman and, um, other aspects of our history and just in, you know, family history, what family communicated and what family taught. Um, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. Mm -hmm. I do too. Thank you. Toastmaster Douglas. Doug. All right. Thank you, Elise. Um, when I don't remember anything in elementary or junior high school taught at all about race. I do remember high school, uh, a, a class about race, and, and I can almost picture the cover of the textbook showing slaves on the market block, set families being separated, and I'll never forget that image. And I remember our instructor, I just remember one thing that he said, and that was, be careful of the jokes that you tell. And when, when people tell you a joke, a race-related a race joke, a joke about another race, no matter what it is, don't laugh. You know, make a point not to laugh. I remember that standing out. But I got nothing in my earlier years. Um, I'm, I'm seeing in, in looking and getting ready for this meeting, listen to a, a, some parts of some audio books and did some cramming for it. And, and I'm thinking that, um, that a lot of the, the right reaction, the, the right wing reaction is a knee jerk reaction to this. And that, and that, that uh, what I'm hearing here today is 
is correct that we shouldn't be afraid of of hearing our history of of hearing uh, we, we shouldn't be trying to block people from saying anything i mean for god's sake this club is all about free speech we we it's something i believe in very strongly free speech so the question that comes to my mind is what are we so afraid of you know uh well one thing that i am afraid of is if we start going toward reparations and i don't know how much of what i've heard is really political advantaging and and, and such but if we are going toward reparations, they better be constructive and not just throwing money at a problem. I'll yield there. Thank you, Toastmaster Doug. Toastmaster Jenny, any okay. questions or comments for Toastmaster Luquisha or Toastmaster mm -hmm. Dwight? Um. I definitely liked how uh, Laquisha gave a great overview um, and also breadth. I think she covered the range of from history and education of what was taught at the different levels to even as adults when you graduate, you know, the political um, uh, um, affiliations or consequences related to introducing critical race theory or not to schools. Um, I think that a larger point, which is interesting, is um, history is somewhat subjective. Uh, as much as we like to say it should be objective, a lot of the history textbooks are written from a perspective. And especially in Asia, even though I haven't read them, it's really extreme, like to the point where the government intervenes to ban books because it's told from one side or another. Um, how one country invaded the other and the massacres are so brutal and and the hatred is so apparent. And so I wonder if maybe Doug and I, you know, in the schools that we grew up, we didn't see much of it perhaps because it was so controversial and they didn't train educators how to handle these controversial topics. Because I do agree, you do need to raise these issues in order to educate. Otherwise you live in a very sheltered world where you're, you don't have these broad views of the different types of people, cultures, uh, ways of thinking, uh, doing things. The problem is if they're not ready to handle that diversity or don't know the language of how to be respectful, it leads to bullying, alienation, discrimination, all sorts of negative consequences that I think schools are not equipped to handle. Um, and so as a result, one, school of thought is you shelter the kids by don't raise the topics at all until they're ready as adults to do their own research and handle these difficult issues themselves. Um, but that's too late too, right? And so how do you find a way to integrate it into the education system, whether it's through formal schooling or through parenting? Um, because in Asian schools, the teachers are regarded the elementary school teachers are regarded as these wise sages who are not only teaching them book smarts, but how to how to grow and live as um, adults, human beings. 
right? And so that's why the parents respect the teachers a lot more, I think, in those cultures, because they place the value of the teacher to teach them more than just what is um, needed to succeed in school and academia, but to succeed in life um, and how to treat others. And that's something that I don't know if the American education system that I've been exposed to is ready for or has contemplated um, as to how to integrate these great concepts and issues. <laughs>